time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Chet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, killer comedian, legendary for a state of the industry address at the Montreal Comedy Fest. Got an album coming out. The whole thing, I think it's out. Andy Kindler. You know, we're going to be talking to Andy in just a sec. First, let me thank my new podcast hosts, StarburnsAudio.com. They're home to Joe Coy, Paula Poundstone, and Adam Felber, Cliff Dorfman, and Jason Smith. Matt Besser's here. So many other great shows. Check them all out. It's a fantastic place. Now, today we got Advice Corner and Fiery Four and Pop Quiz. Fantastic show. And as always, before we get to my guest, time for the Waterhouse Update. Brought to you by the Thunderburps, the Air Force belching team. NASCAR. Thunder Valley 500, Chase Elliott and Joey Logano crash near the end, and Brad Keselowski has no choice but to win. Like Jimmy Woods with half a fact, he just keeps coming at you. Said Logano, I'm Italian. I don't even know how I got here. Race delayed when leader Denny Hamlin sneezed with his window open and his potential COVID cloud blew back 500 yards. Next week, they're at Knuckle River Raceway for the bottom feeder 400. That wrap-up brought to you by Acetaminophen. Blow the aspirin right into your face with Acetaminophen. South Korea's pastime, baseball. The Wang Chung Mildews beat the Wu-Tang Satterguns 11-10 on a walk-off homer by Lenny Randall. And that, that, that whole item can't be right. America's pastime looting. Big winner, that Seattle woman who left a ransacked cheesecake factory with a single plain cheesecake. Forget it, Vinnie Tortoreach. That's discipline. That wrap-up sponsored by Talcoholics. Get addicted to dryness with Talcoholics. NBA going right to the playoffs, which trims nearly three whole games off the schedule. Ultimate fighting. Dana White announced UFC 256 will be held on the head of a pin in an alternate universe. PGA John Deere Classic's been canceled. Hey, lawn boy. Now's your chance. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1872, the place, Saratoga, New York, the sixth Belmont Stakes was won by James Rowe aboard Joe Daniels. The two men said they were just good friends. This Waterhouse Update brought to you by Needle and Thread, the Amish bedazzler. Now, finally... <laughs> It's talk time. My guest today, legendary comic. You know how some comics throw away lines? This guy makes a meal of every line. New album out called Hence the Humor. Please welcome to the podcast, Andy Kindler. Andy, how are you today? Well, this is very more a treat. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm a big fan, and I hope you know that. My pleasure. Now, uh, uh, listen, you grew up in Queens, New York, correct? Right so near Shea, not far from Flushing. Flush, uh, there you go. So you're a Lenny Randall guy. You knew that reference. Uh, uh, are you a Mets fan? You Mets? Or yeah, yes, I grew up. Uh, I went to the nine. I'm a very old man. Uh, I went to the 1969 World Series, fourth game of the World Series, uh, and they won on my birthday in 1969, October 16th. 
It's sad. Man, that's, that's, I should be retired. Yeah, that that might be uh that might answer a question I have further down, but I'll ask it now. Your greatest athletic moment in your life. And it could have been from organized sports. It could have been yesterday just reaching for an item and you thought you made a nice grab. Uh, and it might even be this Mets memory. I don't know. Well, I have to tell you that the most amazing thing I ever did at a sporting event was in summer camp. And uh, we used to have Olympics. We'd break up. We would, uh, we would divide the whole camp into two two teams and uh there was a big relay race there was a big relay and i and my team was winning and all i had to do was keep the lead and they said whatever you do run outside the cones well i ran inside the cones and my team lost because of me and the other team chanted kindler 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 it was the greatest Wow. Well, you know, uh, as they say in show business, uh, there's no bad press. So if people are cheering, uh, Kindler, Kindler, that's not, a, uh, you got, you got to take the pluses, you know, you got to look at the silver lining, Andy. I absolutely. Also, I was knocked. This is another true story. I just love these stories. I was knocked. I was, I dropped a fly ball once when I was 10 and I pretended to be knocked out to avoid embarrassment, and they carried me off the field. This is why, incidentally, uh, you became such a great actor. It's those instincts. It doesn't matter where or how you're inspired, uh, but that's a hell of a that's a hell of a move there. I should have tried that myself. So you lost it in the sun, uh, and then oh, bam, you pretended I, it I came right it. off the forehead. I saw it. The wishes was the sun. It was a lazy pop fly. And this is a softball. I think they're about nine feet circumference. Right into my glove. And you know what I said? I said, I'm going to drop it. I'm going to drop it. I'm going to drop it. And it worked. Well, that's the power of uh, positive thinking. You repeated it <laughs> enough times. That tip brought to you by Damn It, the world's most frustrating board game, and burlap skimpy lingerie. The less there is, the less it itches. For her lap, try burlap. Now, uh, your New York teams, who do you root for? Or do you root? Do you care? Well, oh, you know, I got to tell you something. I grew up in a golden time period. I was Jets, uh, Mets, Knicks. And oh, they brother. all won in, 19, in the 1969, 1970 uh, season. And I said, God, that's all I'm ever going to ask you. Uh, I will never ask you for anything else. And God said, okay, that's good. You won't get anything else. Maybe something in 86, but that's it. Yeah. So you literally uh, made a pact with God and he held up his end. He did. <laughs> that's really impressive because he's a busy guy. Although Patrick Ewing, I got to tell you, I love, I don't know how he's feeling. I just uh, shouldn't have brought that you know, up. I, I think he's out. He's out of the hospital. That's what I well, heard. He, Oh, I want him to win. Uh, 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 I want him to win a championship more than I wanted OJ to be caught, which was happening at the same time period. Wow! Yeah, and uh, they didn't win, and I and I that broke my heart. That's the last time my heart was broken. Well, you know, um, th that happens sometimes. You got you gotta you gotta enjoy. Uh, when the when the good moments uh, happen, and you know yeah. you had some great moments with Ewing, never won the never won the big one, but uh, boy, a heck of a player. Had to be fun watching him play. Well, and also, but I mean, I I mean, I'm so I mean, I'm telling you, I'm so old that the originally I used to listen to the games 
on Addison Spools. Addison Spools. <laughs> See, that's a level of commitment. That's the kind of commitment right there to a joke. That's what you get on Hence the Humor. You get it all. It's not about the jokes being funny. It's about them being uh, uh, really performed over the top. And uh, uh, all started by taking that fall in Little League. You said to yourself, well, I'm committing 100%, 110% to the fact that this ball somehow knocked me out by hitting me on the elbow. I'll tell you something. It just brought up, in my mind, my greatest sports achievement. I was about 10 or 11, and I was going to play tackle football, and they all made fun of me. Hey, the guy's three feet, the short guy's, he's too short. And then at one point, the uh, coach said, hey, if you don't watch it, if you don't stop acting that way, I'll start the short guy. At which point I walked off the field, sobbing, never to play tackle football again. That was my greatest achievement. That was, uh, incidentally, uh, again, looking at the silver lining, tremendous motivational tool for your coach. And you, you got to take great pride in that, Andy. No, and guess who doesn't have a concussion? Guess That's right. Can't. Guess who can't blame his mental difficulties? All this happened with pot smoke, not yeah. with being. I didn't get my bell rang. No, no, not at all. Uh, they didn't even uh, know that there was a bell in the church at the time. They, they no. didn't get anywhere near it. That brought to you by Smirks, the lemony sarcastic <laughs> puffment, and creme de hay. <laughs> great tasting aperitif at half the price. Try creme de hay. SUNY Bloomington. You Can you believe be a, it? You're going to be a classical musician. What'd you play? What I played classical it? violin. Wow. I went to the ups and then I was going to be a rock and roll musician. And I was going to be like school. a Jean-Luc Ponty and do the <laughs> rock and roll violin. No, it was, I was going to be, they used to call me uh, a Papa John Creech Jr. Is that good? Anything? Yassel, Vassal Clements. The uh, New yeah. Year. Sure. The essential Vassal Clements. So you would actually sneak out every now and then and play the fiddle, is what you're saying, as opposed that's to right. the violin. And, yes. And uh, that's what I was going to originally do, was going to be a musician. And I went to the same school as Paul. Mr. Paul Reiser is the same age as me. Let's wow. compare the notes. Let's yeah, compare from, uh, the, that uh, show with the gal. I can't remember her name. Man, he was he was angry. I think he was angry angry about what's going on in your situation. What, uh, what are we doing? What's that, what's the name of the show? Situation. Mad about you. Come on, kid. the kids you. don't remember the classics. They just remade it on Spectrum <laughs> Television. If you're interested. Wow, man alive, and and neither of us can get a decent paying job. This is insane. <laughs> Do you I'm have Spectrum? You. Because you can also see L.A.'s Finest, which is about women, uh, these hot women who happen to also be killers and cops. Wow. <laughs> uh, they had, they did, did that on Showtime called The L Word. And they, oh, that, was, <laughs> that, was, but, uh, that was about lesbians. Yeah, that's right. Not to, well, they might be killers and cops. I, I, you know, I never watched the show. I saw and the billboards for The L Word. Who can, who can forget Arliss? No, Don't forget Arliss. Believe no. me, I've tried. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the uh, 
I always uh, thought they had uh, too many beautiful women in the L word. Um, because did you, know, you really watch that show a lot? No, but I saw the billboards and I kept thinking, well, but you know, where's the Edward James almost looking one? Where's the, where, where's the John Madden looking lesbian? They're, they're it's not, not realistic. It. It's not realistic. No, it's not at all. That observation brought to you by Ahem. When you want to interrupt someone without wasting valuable words, try Ahem. <laughs> all right, listen to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what or who did you first see that made you say to yourself, I, I got to try comedy? What was it? You're playing classical music. Then all this, something comes in your life and you go, that's it. I'm going another direction. I, I got uh, go Well, I never thought I would. Well, I see I'm my age. I just wanted to be the Beatles because I you know, saw the Beatles. So I didn't realize that uh, you can make a beautiful dollar in show business. But then I was into, but you know, I watched like Jackie Gleason. I watched not stand up so much. I watched Dick Van Dyke show. I watched a lot of the little sitcoms. But then I got addicted to David Letterman, and he became kind of my hero in many ways. And boy, that's boy, a good hero I think to have. I should end up that story funnier. No, not at all. Uh, you, here, well, here's the tag to that. A lot of people don't know this, Andy. Uh, Andy Kindler, but uh, David Letterman also at the age of 10 fell down uh, <laughs> by, by a foul ball, actually, in David Letterman's case. Uh, so, so you got, you got inspired by Letterman and, and then you develop, you began to develop a style of your own. When you started, were you just telling jokes and then you kind of, kind of found that, that, that Andy rhythm. Cause you got some stones on you. You got, you are you're you thrive on something that 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 can kill other most other comics, which is questionable audience response. You don't you're you almost invited in a way. You kind of be you're like Ricky Henderson. You got a giant lead off first base and you're just daring them to laugh. That's right. I say, look, I'm not going to even do material. I'm not going to even do material. See if you can catch me. I'm so far off the I'm so far off the premise. There's no way I could complete a joke at this point. Look at me. You're on what the I thin ice. What's that? You're on the thinnest of thin ice. That's how you do it. Here's what happened. I was in a comedy duo, which uh, was called Andy and Bill. And then when I got it on my own, the first time I went on stage on my own, I did a joke. Did not work. And I said, Well, that joke certainly didn't work very well. Did it? And that's how it started. So you started to kind of comment a little bit, comment. almost like doing your own play by play. That's right. It's the top of the first joke. Kindler comes to the plate, swing and a miss. He's out again, and he <laughs> hasn't been booked. He will probably go down to the minor leagues or to the Tom Sobel tour. Tom Sobel, yeah, out there in the middle of that Kentucky area. Uh, you know, I know it's probably funnier when you do the commenting on your own, but if you ever need someone to do your joke play by play, I am available. Well, how did you get we comfortable? We should do that. <laughs> yes. With that, with that, uh, there's a level of fearlessness there, though, that we that can't be uh, poo pooed or denied. I mean, when you're on stage and you're comfortable with 
anything that could happen from huge applause to 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 uh, ambivalent response that's a comfort zone nobody can get into how do you how did you say that's my comfort zone or did it just come naturally to you well, I don't usually say I don't poo poo anything because I don't go blue. As I told you many years ago, oh, so I no turned jokes. Right. I turned down the role in Avatar because I didn't want to go blue too late, <laughs> too soon, too late, <laughs> too late too for soon. Avatar, too soon for Avatar 2. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I am scared. So. I, I used to get scared a lot. And so the comments were kind of me overcoming my nervousness. And then it got to be where I was just doing material that people didn't. I liked it, as people would sometimes say after a show. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, matched so that's only what, by the uh, the surprised. Uh, oh, you were funny. You were uh, funny. You were funny. I, yeah. You were. You should be headlining. I was. I was headlining. <laughs> oh, good. They know what they're doing over here. Now, uh, <laughs> this all morphs into a comfort to be able to comment on other comedians and not really care. And, and you got into a groove where you 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 didn't hesitate if you thought somebody was out of line with what they were doing or saying. You let them have it. Um, everybody from Whoopi Goldberg on up. And, and then that kind of, well, first of all, how'd you get comfortable with that? Because a lot of guys, they, they figure I'm not going to talk about anybody else. And you kind of made it almost a hook. Well, I, I, <laughs> I are you okay? I'm fine. Okay. Uh, I got to look at, I did get concerned there for a second. Uh, I did an article in National Lampoon called The Hacks Handbook in 1991, where I basically made fun. Because back then, there was a lot of too much comedy, the comedy boom. So if you could say, how are you people doing? You can make ten, twenty thousand $20,000 a year. Yeah. So I made it fun. I did this article, and then I did a, a speech about it up at the comedy, uh, the Montreal Just for Last Festival. And since 1996, I've been giving a yearly speech telling people what my real opinion is. And then when I get back home to L.A., the phone doesn't ring. I don't get work. The people I make fun of aren't happy. And uh, financially, career-wise, it's not go good. It's not a good thing to do. It doesn't help. But it doesn't it, endear it, me. It must feel good on stage oh, in does. order to pay that price. Well, for example, I don't care if it gets left, but if I say something like, they say Tim Allen is laughing all the way to the bank. It would be more impressive to me if Tim Allen on the way to the bank made people laugh. That would be, <laughs> now that would, would be help. something. Now, wouldn't it? So all of a sudden, Tim Allen hears that. I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. I'd say that Leno, I make a simple observation that Jay Leno has a car that runs on the energy of all the people's dreams that he's crushed. And I get I get the bad press. I'm just making an observation. <laughs> Red flag goes up on you. That doesn't seem fair. I doesn't I must seem admit. right. We're just joking around. It's like a roast, is how I yeah, see it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, apparently they're 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 not that fond of being roasted. They take it seriously. It's not yeah, my fault that Leno's stopped being funny in the eighties. 
Well, I didn't say that. I did not mean that. I did not mean this. That, I'm better than that. That's my new. That's my new one. That's your new mantra. After <laughs> I, I make fun of Tim Allen. Hey, I'm better than this. Better than that. That self-improvement tip brought to you by CPAP smear. Kill two birds with one really weird stone. And all hams on deck, the all ham restaurant. Try our hambrosia pudding. All right. So you shift into um into acting. And uh, yeah, a lot of people may not know, but you got a you got a hell of a credit list here. I mean, you've done everything from Everybody Loves Raymond all the way up to you're, you're the voice of Mort the Mortician on Bob's Burgers, which is like a huge smash hit. Um, first of all, how do you convey the absolute dry coldness of a mortician with only your voice? That's acting. Well, this is an interesting question because I actually. No one's ever said that. This is no one's ever said question. that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people for voiceovers, they don't do the, the, the history like you do with the real job. I went to a mortuary with a mortician for six months. I fiddled around with some dead bodies to get just to get comfortable with it. And sure. that's the thing I bring to the table. I bring that to the table. Can I do different voices? No. Can I do the same take over and over? No. Am I consistently good? Probably not. Quotes. <laughs> Can I do air quotes? From well, a ladies and gentlemen of my audience. <laughs> from a forced perspective? Six months playing around with cadavers. That's the kind of dedication it takes to be an actor. <laughs> that, that tip brought to you by Stupido's really small bathing suits. For really dumb guys, bulge into summer with stupidos. Now, listen, everybody, I got a bona fide big time stand up comedian with me. Time for advice corner, actual takeaway from the great Andy Kindler. Andy, I'm going to ask you five questions. You never know who's listening. We might be able to help someone out. And you just fire away with, uh, with what comes to your mind. Question number one You've done a ton of road work. What's your best travel tip? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, the small, uh, the small deodorants, the tiny deodorants. Oh, because you think you're going to get into a town, you're going to, you know, next thing you know, you're you're out forty seven dollars. You bought Right Guard, right? Right, right. So the tiny little ones, the uh, tiny little. I like it. Like it. I like that. <laughs> Question number two. Do you eat before or after a show, or do you care? I can't eat before a show, um, and then after a show, I'm ravenous. So here's what happens. I can't eat before a show. So, and the doctor has, my doctor has signed off on this. My doctor says the best thing to do after, let's say it's a Friday night, you have two shows, you head to some kind of Denny's-type establishment. You order bacon. You order pancakes. You order more bacon. This is the way... You get to be where I am today. So in other words, when you go into the Denny's, you actually hand your weight person a prescription. Question number three. <laughs> <laughs> what triggers you to go? We were talking about this, but maybe we can hone in on it. What triggers you when you're on stage to go off your act and riff? It, are there numerous things that, that you do it? Or is it something someone does in the crowd? Or is it just a mood inside yourself? Sadly, it's because I have both OCD and ADHD, 
And I literally forget what I'm saying every 10 seconds. And so uh, that's how that's how I that's how I timed it. Wow. So so it's actually sort of a physical. Yes. Uh, and then I say, I don't know where impulse. I am. Once I once I blacked out on Letterman, I knew the name of the joke it was on. A, uh, it was uh, I had memorized Michelangelo. Don't forget to do the joke about Michelangelo. But I didn't remind myself to remember the joke about Michelangelo. So, so I stood around in like, a way. It worked in a way. And I said, Michelangelo. And still, you know how, you know, once I get into it, people like it. That's impressive. <laughs> Best footwear for a stand-up gig. What do you like to wear on stage? Because a lot of people don't think about that. You're working up there. You're, uh, the dog's got to be barking. Have you gone through a series of shoes and found one you like? Well, here's the thing. I'm, a sh- uh, I'm, I'm not a, the tiniest man in the world, but I'm close. So I have to wear lifts. I have a six-inch lift on stage. Wow. Let me a- tell you something. Doc Martens makes a great six-inch lift stage shoe. Wow. And, that's, sort uh, of, that's, that's Bootsy Collins range there. Six right. It's so wow. tricky. It's tricky. Don't go wandering. It's not good if I'm going to do like a, a <laughs> Mick Jagger run out into the club. Not good for that. No, you don't want to wander in those heels. Uh, all right. Last question. Good tip for a stand-up who's who's trying to shift into acting and might might have gotten a role or something like that. Uh, what's what's a tip you give for their like? They're, they're, it might oh. be their very first acting job, and they're concerned because they only have stand-up chops. You know what I mean? This is a question I get a lot. And what you do is make make them feel like you know what you're doing. You go, okay, you ready to go? I'm ready. You're ready. And then you ask right before the, the first take, you go, am I doing this to the actor or do you want it right down the barrel? That's what you say. The, because you're from stand-up. <laughs> so you have that ability to take a funny line and go, it's not for me. It's for the duck. He's driving. Boom. Right in, right into the F stop, right in the kishkas, right down the barrel, right down where, and sometimes you'll get a guy go, I'm breaking, you know, what we're doing today, folks, we're breaking the fourth wall. That's impressive. That advice corner brought to you by you drive the app that lets you rent your own car to take you wherever you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the fiery four. The fiery four. Andy Kindler, these are sports takes hotter than the Botox stand at the Internet Influencers Convention. <laughs> Fire number one: the return of professional sports after this uh, or during this pandemic, is it worth it for the morale of the people or is it just a waste of time? Is it rich people's problems? The way we bring it back is we test everybody and forget it. We're doomed, folks. Forget about baseball. You you better, six months from now, you're going to wonder why you can't breathe. Huh? I'll be in your face with a ventilator. Maybe not that far. Maybe I went too far with that. I'm sorry. Oh, you came right down the barrel with it. Fire number two. <laughs> Why do celebrities feel the need to sing during crises? <laughs> I was wondering. You might, I just thought you're one of the few guests I have who might have some insight on this. 
This is very interesting to me. I went to Jason Alexander's uh, Twitter account. I, wouldn't, I wasn't going there to be serenaded. And his pinned tweet was him singing Strangers of the Night, something, some kind of a, of a, he was a crooner. I didn't know he was a crooner. Wow. But, but let me tell you this. I didn't want to know he was a crooner. Wow. You know what I mean? That's something that would be better left in uh, his shower. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just act. Fire number three. <laughs> was soccer way ahead of the curve here? Because the players in soccer, they're all spread apart to start with. And then whenever they get about three feet from each other, they pretend they've been hitting the nuts. And they fall down. I don't yes. know if, if they just are they ahead that they're just that far ahead of the, uh, the curve. And finally, fire number four. And this is almost kind of a serious one. Sport. Well, who's a sports hero out there that we could actually listen to uh, through this kind of uh, the issues that the country's going through? Uh, is there anybody out there uh, that, that you think to yourself, well, now here's a sports guy that's actually making some sense and has some perspective on life. Is there anybody out there that strikes you that way? Uh, there's a guy I, I follow on Twitter. Is he Dante Stallworth? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty. I like what he's. I like what he. I think a lot of sports people are, 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 uh, are woke, as we say. Yeah, yeah and, I like could help uh, us. I like that Kareem guy too, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He writes a he writes a yes. Good he wrote a great op-ed. Yeah, and yeah. I was gonna see. I was gonna give a joke answer. I was gonna say John Rocker, but that's not me. That's yeah, a cheap no, no. Joke. People, people want to know. They want to know. They want to go right in that Andy Kindler eyeball. They want to go they right down the Andy Kindler barrel. They need it from here today. They, they need it from here, Chet. <laughs> they don't do. need it from here. You know yeah, how they, after every joke in the eighties, I would point to my head. Now, now you put to your heart. That's beautiful. That fiery four <laughs> brought to you by <laughs> Pinocchio Hose, Nevada's only all puppet brothel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, I, understand, I understand you may have a pop quiz uh, for me. This is yeah, this is great. Uh, Andy Kindler, the great Andy Kindler, has three questions for me. This is where my guests ask me uh, three questions about any topic, and I see if I can't. Uh, uh, get my way through. I actually won last week. I'm 11, 103, and two. I got two ties. But uh, I'm going to give this one a good shot. Uh, shot. This is Andy Killer with a pop quiz. Oh, wait. Here's the theme song. We have a theme song for this. Pop, 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 pop quiz. Not bad. That's one of the bigger laughs I've gotten on that. <laughs> All right. Here's All the right. pop quiz. From Andy. Do I have to come up with points or just I, I ask him? No, right? You just ask him. Pop him right out. Okay, number one. A fullback from the New York Jets wrote to young Andy Kindler in 1967. He was in the Air Force Reserve, and he wrote, Dear Andy, best of luck in all of your future undertakings. What is the name of that fullback? Matt Snell. Yes! Wow. <laughs> I took a shot. <laughs> I succeeded. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, nuts. Okay. This is going to be a hard one. All right. What was the name of the relief pitcher who lived in Lahar, Queens, who was surprised by two young-looking, ratty-looking guys who knocked on his 
apartment door to get his autographs. Oh man! And, and, and he he didn't know why we were there. I will give you a clue. His last name was Arigo. Arigo. Wow. <laughs> Jose. No, Jerry Arigo. I'm, I can't believe it. How would you not know who I the know. guy who lived in La Harve? Especially after I pulled Matt Snell out of my ass. All right, it's one and one. Here's the rubber question. Let's see if I can't pull this baby out. Last question in the pop quiz from Andy Kindler. What was the name of the New York Jet who had a convulsion on the field because he swallowed his tongue in a 1965 game, which caused young Andy Kindler to cry for several days afterwards and ask his various family members if Marshall's. Well, yeah, you even gave me the first name and I can't pull it together. I was Marshall go- Starks. Marshall Starks. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten it. I'll take the loss on that. I'll take I the will L. take the I'll take the bullet. Those were the worst. I wouldn't say they were all terrible questions, but they were lazy questions. No, they were fantastic questions. Okay, good. Uh, and at least two of the three I had a shot at getting, and I got one of them. That pop quiz brought to you by Gorigami, the foldable paper knife. My guest today, the incredible Andy Kindler. Follow Andy on Twitter at Andy Kindler. He's got a great podcast with Josh Weinstein called Thought Spiral. Check that out on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else. Plus the new album, Hence the Humor. Uh, You've heard it all here, and he's fantastic. Andy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Thanks for having me, Chad. This was really, really fun. It made made the quarantine. You put the, the cue in quarantine. And now all I need is a you. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Uh, He's got an album coming out next week. It's called What Was I Thinking? Thanks to all of you for listening. Support uh, my new uh, comedy home, StarburnsAudio.com. If you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in Chainsmoke, Nevada for the Spitball Invitational. It started as arm wrestling, but with social distancing, this is as good as it gets. This is Chet Waterhouse. House, reminding you to play with pain. <laughs>